Recorded live. And hello, folks. It's uh, This is Javier Hernandez, and we are listening to Hobbyland Chatter. Anyway, so uh, this is episode number three already. We got over the hump of number two, so maybe we're legit now, right? Three. So from here on in, let's see how many more shows I do. Hopefully a lot. Anyway, uh, so today's show, I'm going to get right to the guest because uh, he's been waiting for like two weeks. I was going to have him on two weeks ago, and I was having internet issues at home, and um, it was going to take a while before the uh, internet provider, you know, sent out a repair, that sent out a repairman, and um, I thought I'd be smart, and I'd just use my smart, my phone as a, what do you call it, a hotspot for my laptop. But anyway, it turned out to be too much, I guess, for the the hotspot or something. So I wasn't able to run the talk show program and also dial in on my cell phone. So anyway, I had a complete meltdown that night, so I apologized to the guest. And um, so I had another show after that, kind of like just to test it out, even though the Internet was fine. I didn't want to bring this one guest back on and have a problem. So anyway, you... You guys hopefully have heard that episode, episode number two with uh, Ted Secco, but everything went fine on that one. So um, I asked a mystery guest if he'd like to come on for episode three. He said, sure, no problem. And now we're going to bring him in on the call. Um, i got to see which one he is because there's two guests in the chat room. Um, maybe I'll wait because I think his name... Or last time his uh, ID came up. I'm gonna wait till uh, for four minutes, two more minutes, because I asked him to call it 905. So I actually got a couple of minutes. Um, anyway, so yeah, episode three, and uh, we're moving right along. Um, as I've told you before, if you listen to the previous shows, uh, well, I'm a cartoonist. I do my own comics, write and draw them, publish them under my own imprint, Los Comics. And I'm also the co-founder of the Latino Comics Expo which is kind of self-evident what it is, right? It's a uh, comic convention uh, dedicated to basically Latino creators, Latino and Latina um, comic creators, uh, you know, all different types of, like, comic book type art, maybe some animation. We've had a filmmaker, too, over the last six years. Uh, It it was co-founded by me and my partner in this, Ricardo Padilla, we founded the Expo in 2011, and we, like I said, we've had about, I think, five or six shows, so this year we're also returning once again to uh, the Museum of Latin American Art in Long Beach, California. We had partnered with them a few times uh, previously for two other shows, including last year, and they're very successful. Um, It's a great staff. Everybody there was wonderful. it's so a beautiful world-class museum, actually. One of the, you know, I think preeminent ones as far as promoting, uh, well, their collection is Latin American art, you know, all over Latin America. And they kind of got into comics when they um, signed up with us to have our uh, expo there. first one, I think, was uh, 11, 12, I think 2013. So, um, yeah, it's been a great uh, relationship with them. And anyway, like, I'm glad that we're having a, our expo again this year. It's a little later than usual, but it, that was just due to scheduling. There's so much going on here in the LA area, Los Angeles, California, um, in September. And then the museum itself had a lot of bookings already for uh, October. 
we usually do it in September, but we decided we found a date in November that's going to work. So it's going to be held uh, November and uh, 11 and 12 on um, uh, of this year. So it gives us a few more months to get ready for it, actually, because right now we're in March, end of March. I'm actually recording, uh, was it Thursday, March 23rd? So, yeah, it's going to be a great show, and uh, I'll be able to, I'll be discussing more about the expo obviously on this podcast uh I end up having a lot of the guests that are going to be there as a guest on the show makes sense to me right leading up to it um but you know in the meantime throughout the whole year we'll be talking to all kinds of cartoonists and artists and creators so just stick around for you know for future episodes and uh find out what's going on okay so i think now it's time to let uh, yep that would have to be the guest there. Let me uh, get to my program here and let the um, let me let my Arizona guest on here. There's a little hint for you. Uh, let's see here. Give me one second. I'm running the uh, control panel here. I'm just waiting for the guest to get unmuted. Uh, let's see here. Hey there. So is that our mystery guest? Uh, uh, I am here. Eric. Eric Mingo. Oh, how are you? Oh, very good. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, I'm glad I got it all set up where you can actually come on the show today. So thanks. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So uh, how are you doing today? You've had a long day so far. Sorry. Yeah, you know the um, my 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 group home kids are on spring break, so uh, so it, it's it's a little <laughs> a little hectic over there. And my okay, my my real family is in Minnesota, so they they have left me. They uh, they took oh. off for for colder pastures for the spring break. <laughs> so my my oh. wife's uh, wife's dad is is over there. I always say they they leave me or they left me, but. It's not uh, not in a bad way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, that, that's interesting. Okay, so they went off for it yeah, again. Nicer weather, I guess. I guess where you're at. I don't know how how hot is it right now in Arizona. Uh, I mean, it was pretty. It was a cool day today. I think it was like seventies, you know, low seventies. Okay, but, nice, but nice. normally it was hot. I mean, my kids they've been in the pool already, so it's it's yeah, it's been pretty warm. Wow. Well, that's so you're on your own for uh for a while, I guess, till they get back. Yeah, they get back I think Monday or something like that. So uh yeah, so I'm I'm here with a couple dogs and a cat and some fish and yeah, it's just uh, a lot of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully uh this will be a great segue. You'll get some auto pages done to see, right? Yeah, I hope so. I, I have four left to do for this next issue, so I, I, I need to get them done. Oh. Excellent, excellent. So let me uh um I guess we should introduce you or you want to just Introduce yourself a little bit. Just give you know, give people a quick little uh, profile of what of who you are as far as your art and such. I mean, I thought everyone knew who I was already, right? <laughs> well, there's, there's two or three people who haven't. You know, they never right. read maybe. a comic. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. Uh, my name is my name is Eric Mangel. I um, I write and draw uh, and publish a mini comic called Ocho. Um, been doing it for, I don't know, 20, 
21 years or 22 years. I, it's kind of all. When was the last time you were out at Phoenix? Uh, It'll I'll be 22 years this year. It was, I, I met school. you in 2014 on your 20th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So then, well, no, so 2014, then 2017, then, then three more years. Oh, my gosh. So, it, yeah, I know. Yeah. Time flies. I mean, I, I stopped. To be honest, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a mind mess up thing anyway, just to start talking about how long you've been doing something. Because really, I mean, it's not like exclusively that's the only thing that I was doing. I was working, or I was you know with my family oh, or course. whatever. So it just right. kind of it throws everything off. And and um, I mean, I'm very proud of it, obviously, and I, I do mention it. But it's just at this point now, it's. I guess when you after twenty years, then you just say, "Eh, twenty plus years," and then you get to then twenty five years, and then you say, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> so, and then you start hitting the yeah. It's it's really the only thing that I've ever worked on. It's the only thing that I I really care to work on. So that I think that in itself is um, maybe a little unique. Oh yeah, no, we'll definitely talk, we'll talk about that. Just one quick little point on the. Uh, 20th anniversary stuff. I mean, it's a little indulgent to me, but I mean, so next year, 2017, so in 2018, it'll, it'll be 20 years that I've been doing my comics as far as right. you know, publishing them and doing that. So, El Marco 20th anniversary. So, it could, yeah, I'll let you know after the 20th happens, if it, if it becomes kind of like, okay, now it's just no big milestone, no big deal, but um, it's kind of interesting. So, we'll talk about hitting 20 and uh, all that, but I want to go back to the year one, also year one. Um, you know, what were you doing at the time as far as, you know, you're an artist, obviously, you were writing and drawing. What were you doing before you started doing this comic called Ocho? Um, well, I mean, you know, I was in, I, I've, I've been reading comics. I, I've been reading comics since, um, since I, I started taking drum lessons, really. There was a comic book store across the street. And my mom would take me into this place to, to, you know, take these drum lessons. And then she'd go and, and go off to the mall or I don't know where she'd go. She'd go off or sometimes she'd just hang out. But sometimes, you know, I'd have extra time and I'd, I'd go across the street to the comic book store. I know, it was not, I know it was around 86, 87. I was in middle school. And this is when Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns was coming out. And oh, I wow, 86, yeah. Yeah, I missed that first issue, the uh, you know, the, the first book. But the second book was on the shelf. So I don't even know what the street date was on that, if he was monthly right. at that point. Um, but uh, that that's kind of when I got into comics. And then I read them pretty hardcore ever since, um, up until about, uh, well, I mean, I was reading them, but then I think I just got to a point, the image guys had, had gone, broken off and done their thing. And right. it, I mean, I was reading Independence at that point. I was reading Cerebus and, and Hepcast and Starchild. And I mean, there was definitely a, an indie scene um, and, you know, Dark Horse Presents, but something about those image guys blowing up, it kind of like, oh, maybe I could do something like that, you know? So, right, right. Um, and I just started, I, I'd, I'd always liked drawing, um, and I just started drawing a character who was a bald character and kind of is Ocho, you know? So, I mean, I would say that that was, I think I have drawings from, like, 1992, 1993 of Ocho. 
And I think I put out actually put out the first mini comic of him, just like trying to figure out photocopiers and how all that works. Because I was even familiar with mini comics at that point. I'd seen mini comics, so mm-hmm. um, and, and fact sheet five, and you know some of those these these things that before the internet and you know uh, kickstarters and and all that that crazy stuff. So, um, but I I really wanted to learn comics. I uh, really wanted to learn how to draw. I was really inspired, and um, you know, I just kind of was going to college, and I would say um, freshman sophomore year, I was looking for artists, and every time I'd find one for you know some other idea that I had, uh, it, I'd get someone to draw like a page or whatever, and then it would it would crash and burn, and that happened three times, and and then after that, I just said maybe I should. I should figure this stuff out myself. I mean, how hard can it be? It's just, it's just a pencil. It's just lines on paper, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Anyone can draw. Right. Yeah, yeah. well, and I, and I do believe that. I mean, I, I, you know, and having learned how to play the drums, I mean, I think it unlocked something in my head that I could learn how to do this or I could learn how to do a lot of different things, you know? So, um, you know, it's kind of where it, where it all started. Yeah, it's a really good point about the you know uh, about the drums. Like learning, like okay, they put drumsticks in your hand, and you learned, you were taught how to start, you know, banging on the drum and you know carrying a tune. Um, right. You know, for for some reason, I I teach I teach a lot. I teach comic classes and workshops and stuff for kids and older kids and high school and such. I've been doing that thirteen years, and honestly, I don't know where I, you know, what my stance is. I I because I, I know it's a big debate. Like, well, drawing is like you're saying. Well, you learned how to draw. You know, you were taught. And I always thought, and again, I'm not an expert. I'm not saying what I say is the way it is. I, to me, I I just always thought it was a quote unquote, you know, talent. I know a lot of people hate that idea. Like, well, you know, that kid naturally can draw, or that kid actually has an aptitude for math or or drums. But like you're saying, hey, you know, put a pencil and paper in a kid, your little kid's hand. And they're gonna start scribbling, and then they're gonna start maybe drawing better. So, I mean, that's a that's that's a pretty good discussion. Maybe we could do that at another show. But I think it's interesting, like you just mentioned. Here, hey kid, learn how to play drums. Okay, I'll teach me because I don't know anything about them. Yeah, right. Well, and I and I do think I do think there's probably things that you just maybe had an aptitude for that, or or maybe you had an interest in that. I mean, some people don't have an interest in drawing or playing drums or whatever. And so right, if right. you like if you don't have the interest, I mean you can be inspired by somebody and say, Wow, that's really neat. That's 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 pretty cool how they did it. I would like to do that. But if that interest wanes, if that interest disappears, it will be very difficult for you to get to the, the table every day or to the drum set every day or, or whatever right. it is. And back then, you know, I mean, it was like a, I was itching to draw pretty much every day. You know, and I was not a, 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 a good artist at all. I mean, I even to this this point, I might not be the best artist either, you know, so... Um, but you want to do it. I, you want to do but it. But I, you, you yeah. like, I feel like it's it's something that you it, you continue to evolve and you, maybe you get better, maybe you get more technical, <laughs> or maybe you get looser. Maybe you, you know, I mean, like a guy that I, I really enjoy his stuff, Mike Mignola, you know, there's been a shift in the way that he drew Hellboy oh, wow. in the beginning to where he's yeah. drawing it now. Um, and 
uh, it, I think he's being much more efficient as an artist now, and I think that in some ways that's even better. You know, like he's he's he can he can get the form there instead of trying to get every delineation and and all of that. And I, I certainly you know that's not a a slam to him at all. I I, I think that you know every artist has that kind of evolution at some point where they, you know, they, they just grow. They just want to draw it this way. And, um, I think it's awesome. I, I love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I definitely want to talk to Mignola, uh, talk with you about Mignola and some of the other, your art heroes, uh, uh, later, but I'm glad you brought them up. Um, you know, one last thing about, you know, uh, drawing as a kid and all this stuff and interest, it, it, it occurred to me, only because I've been teaching, you know, for some years, and it finally hit me. It's like, well, I was trying to figure this out. Like, okay, every kid, pretty much, like in a classroom, take a bunch of first graders, they give them all paper and pencil, even if they don't think the artist. Most kids will draw, right? Like, most of them will sit there and scribble and draw and do it. Right, right. And for a couple of years and a couple of classes, and then you realize, and my, and, you know, for me, was, I realized I just love to keep doing it. And as I got older, like going through third grade, fourth grade, they'd be maybe not less kids drawing, but, you know, there'd be more kids like, well, I'm not an artist. And I didn't yeah. say that. I never said that. And then, so then there'd be a few of us by the time we get to sixth grade, there's three of us like, oh, no, we're artists. So it's just yeah. like you said, maybe the interest, uh, they get other interests or they, or they feel like, well, that person's better. So I'm not, I'm not good. I shouldn't be an artist. I mean, whatever it is, it's, it is interesting. Having, but, having, having, uh, having two children, um, who, you know, I don't draw a lot when when they're awake. You know, my daughters. Um, I, right. I don't really draw a lot when they're awake because I I, I kind of tune out. You know, I turn up on the music and you know it's it's me time when I'm drawing the the Ocho stuff unless there's like a deadline if there's something coming up or a convention or or whatever it is. But I can tell right. you, I got very inspired and took took a, a detailed note of both of my daughters drawing in the very beginning. You know, I mean, well, you know two years old, two and a half. Um, I mean, it's not really drawing, you know, they're, but fearless. They have no fear. They're, they're, they, don't know about, they don't know about, well, someone's going to judge me. Someone's going to make fun of me because this isn't good. Or right. or it's not good enough compared to so-and-so's. They're, that's all tuned out. You know, they're not, they're, not, they're not into that point yet. They haven't figured that out. And I think... I think a lot of times in art and comics, definitely, and I see this even with friends, you know, and even even myself sometimes, sometimes we have a tendency to overthink. That overthink tends to, you know, crush us down, humble us, bring us to it, you know, and, it, and it's right. hard. Like I said, I'm sitting on four pages for this next Ocho book, and I have people sending me things, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Are you still drawing? You know, are you are, are you going to do a Kickstarter? What's what's going on? What are you doing? I thought your book right. would almost be done by now. But right. you do. You know, you get busy with life, and you you know, there's other things, and then you do overthink, and you do. I got to really wrap this up and, and tie everything together. You know, and I'm I'm right. certain uh, drawing an arc of uh, of a story and and doing issues out of sequential order doesn't help matters either because I, I have to take a lot into account um, over that process as well. Right, right. Just to update our, or enlighten our listeners, if they, if they haven't, like I said, the few uh, who don't know about you, uh, who is Ocho? And, you know, what, what's his story about? 
just a, um, just a quick little you know, nutshell. Ocho, Ocho is a uh, an alien missionary from the, a far off world sent to make Earth a a better place, um, just as his father had done before him at some other point. You know, there's backstory that's not really written into the comics, but I mean, I know all these things, but um, yeah. Uh, uh, Ocho is he's sent to Earth and is you know he's not really sent to Earth with a specific these are your tasks you will do these three things and then you will be done you know it's kind of open ended it's kind of a right. journey um, he was sent here uh, he used to wear like a uniform you know like a costume or a, you know whatever you call it like Spider Man's costume yeah so like a costume you know and yeah. Um, yeah. but he doesn't wear that anymore. Um, and he just kind of he just kind of blends into the city of Tempe, Arizona. Uh, he flies around on a um, magic carpet. <laughs> it's kind of uh, you know it's just a bunch I, it's a bunch of stuff uh, you know put together just kind of oh yeah, that'd be cool and you know I can I could riff on that and uh, magic right. carpet certainly is a lot easier to draw than a car or the Batmobile or or whatever it may be so um, it's it's a good point. A, a storytelling device, you know. Right, right. I was giggling when you said, um, you know, you could blend into Tempe, Arizona, because, you know, I got the comics in front of me, so uh, listeners, so he's talking about this big old, he's like a big old blue guy, pointy ears, big hands, big feet. He wears a pair of pants and a, um, I don't know, what do you call that, like a sports shirt with a number. Um, well, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's an O, it's, just for Ocho, and it and it was given to him. He, he went and helped some other planet out. He got, you know, I like I like doing the stories. It's funny. I'll, I'll be doing stories where Ocho is taken to some other cosmic world. I, you know, it's just all kind of. You read a lot of Jack Kirby books, or you you know, you read, you read right. a lot of DC books, or you know, whatever. And it's just kind of fun to to riff on that stuff and and to tell a different type of story. and But he, he ended up helping some people out, and the, the people were happy that they they, they freed him. He freed them from their, their slavery or whatever it was, and they awarded him with this, this uh, shirt, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, Superman, he, was, he came with his outfit, and Spider-Man, he made his outfit. Ocho was given his outfit, you know. I mean, the, the right. black pants are just, a, it's just a, a pair of black pants, and he doesn't have to wear shoes because his skin is really thick. And he, I don't know, I guess he just kind of prefers to go around barefooted. So right, um, but he he blends into the city on his big flying body, his big he, old blue body. He blends in the city. He he blends into the city, but he's got a trick. And I, I it, it hasn't been in the recent issues, but for whatever reason, if this guy puts on a baseball cap, you just don't notice him. You don't notice the pointy ears. You don't notice the blue skin. You don't notice he's not wearing ah. shoes. If this hat is like Clark Kent with the with the glasses, you know, with the glasses, with the hat. You put you put the hat on there, and you, you can't tell that he's an alien. It, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, and I I, I just I, I I just like kind of you know the stupidity of things like Superman and. Uh, uh, and he just puts on the glasses and combs his hair a different way. Like you can tell that's a big, you know, pretty buff guy. You know, so right, right. I, I just it's silly, but I, I like the silliness of it. So when he's trying to go incognito, all he has to do is put the hat on, and he kind of 
blends into the. I mean, it's about as legit as a as a magic carpet, you know. So there you go. Well, you know, you're taking advantage of, like, never mind the Clark Kent uh, thing. You're taking advantage of the media, the comics. Right. You could. I think you could play with around with that. I mean, I know some folks. I know some people, creators and readers, they love their comics to be ultra realistic. Nothing wrong with that, but they want it to be as realistic as like. CSI or something or some you know TV show or, or as real as life that's fine, but man it's such a great environment uh, medium to play around with, you know kind right. of bending logic and just having fun and doing interesting visuals and you know little tricks like you're doing with the crazy hat like hey where'd that guy go I'm not sure second right so, and I yeah and I miss that I, and I miss that you know because there's a there's an innocence to that and there's a there's a a, a relaxed part of that you know like okay, you know, you just buy into it. You just believe that that's the fact. That's how it works. And um, Right, right. I, I, don't think comics, move, I don't think modern comics or, you know, corporate comics. I think corporate comics now are basically, you know, kind of the, the thumbnails for the, the movie possibilities and, and, and maybe a way of, of selling, you know, this next billion-dollar deal. And that's okay, too. That's business. That's how it all works, you know. I mean, we all right. we all play by those rules in some way or another, but to me, you know, I think it's funny. I I I have not watched this Iron Fist thing on Netflix, but I've seen so many comments about people. I know that there's 13 episodes because people have said I watched all 13 episodes and it didn't feel like anything happened. And I'm just thinking, why, why wow. did you have to watch it for 13 episodes to to figure out yeah. what was happening? You know, and I'm not yeah yeah yeah. It. I, I, I mean, I have low expectations on any of these, any kind of movie that I go to. I just want to go to the movies and, and you know, unplug for a little bit, you know, and just enjoy right. something. I don't want to have a critical eye to, oh, well, you know, this plot doesn't work because um, they didn't, they left this loophole. And, you know, I mean, maybe I'm not that sophisticated or, or maybe I just don't care that much about it. You know, maybe I've got other things on my mind. Um, right. You know, I mean, they teach their own. You know, it's not my job to tell anyone else how to live their life. I just find it funny. Like, I, I you know, 13 hours. I mean, the damn thing just came out last week, I think. And that's, yeah, that's, a, lot of, that's a lot of TV to watch, you know. But I, I could just as easily, they could probably look at me and say, well, you know, last football season, didn't you watch three games on, on any given Sunday? And I, I probably right, did, right. you know, so it seems their own, you know, but I, I just feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's a different way of the, of, of doing things. And I kind of, I really just like looking at the old comics that I, that I have from my childhood where it was on the newsprint and, you know, the, the coloring process was much different. Not everything was hyper realistic and not everything, even going back to the Frank Miller, not everything was grim and gritty. You know, there was, some pop, you know, just like fun. Right. Um, Spider-Man kind of talking back and, and having the, 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 the remarks and the, you know, the last word, you know, so, um, but I think that it, it evolves or devolves. I mean, however you want to look at it, things go up and things go down, so. Yeah, constant change. Hey, speaking of evolving, so I got a, a little stack of your books here right, that I got from you and 2014. So one of them was, I'm lucky I got was the uh, you did a reprint 
of Ocho number one, because obviously I wasn't around. I didn't know you back then to get this. So, sure. Yeah, so sure. 1995, yeah, the, you know, I flipped through The art style is very, very different, like like any of us who, you know, draw for years. Very different right. from the modern, you know, modern Ocho. Now you got like a nice, you got these really fat, thick lines you're using, and, um, you know, you probably don't have as many panels per page. So I'm looking at this old book, the first thing she got a lot of panels. But it's yeah. 1995, right in the middle of the image explosion, that whole image, quote-unquote, type of comic work. But, um, right. How, uh, yeah, how do you, do you ever look back at your old stuff and, you know, just kind of, are, are you glad the way you, you're changing or are you just, that's just the way it is? Or how do you look at that? Um, well, I think, uh, I think, uh, again, you know, I didn't go to art school. I didn't, I didn't take art classes. Um, uh, I just kind of, you know, figured it out on my own, like a, mm-hmm. you know, a monkey that they drop off the, the stuff and see what they do, see what the monkey can build or whatever, you know, right. it's pretty much the same, same concept. Um, you know, I don't, I just think it was a natural evolution. I, I feel fairly proud that unless I had told you who my influences were, maybe you'd pick out Kirby, but I don't think it's really, it looks too much Kirby-ish. Um, and I feel like with with some of these books, I mean, some of some other people, it's like you can pretty much tell who this guy is trying to look like and what he's trying to do. And, and right. for me, I think, I always think of it as art and, and comics. And when you're coming up with your own style, it's kind of like the buffet. You know, you're at the buffet and, you, hey, I really like those thick lines. I want to I want right. to appropriate that. You know, I see, I see Paul Pope trying these brushes and using these brushes and, and just you know laying it thick, or or Jim Lafood with with what he was doing, and you know so there's like all these little things that you kind of pick up, and then the tools, the tools have tr- have changed as well, you know. So um, I love this this Pentel um, pocket brush pen. Yes. And and it me gives too. me a much wonkier thick line that I feel um, it makes my image stand out a little bit more, you know. It doesn't look like the rest of the comics that are coming out, you know. I mean, it it, it looks like the exact opposite, <laughs> you know. So, and I think that's right. probably a good thing. I would I would want to do that, you know. I I, I don't want to. At this point in the game in, in life, I can I could afford to go do a, a full scale comic book, but. I'll just blend in with all the other comic books, and there's a lot of them out there. I think being a mini comic is kind of works to my advantage in a lot of different ways. You know, so. right, right, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the other thing I should mention to people. So these ultra comics, they're what they call in the in the in the industry a mini comic, which is um, oh boy, I'm terrible at math. I think it's like five and a half by eight and a half inches tall, as, instead of like a, seven by. Yeah, it's an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, uh, folded right. in half. You know, and it's 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 run. Mine's run through an offset photocopier, and I I I don't even I don't know how to do Photoshop. I don't something I don't know how to do it. It's that I have no desire whatsoever to learn to do it. I see that it's <laughs> a, a great I see it's a great tool, and I see a lot of artists use it, and I think maybe even overuse it. And for me, like, I have a certain satisfaction that what my page is is the exact, you know, image that I put on the photocopier 
reduced down to, I think right now I'm reducing only down to 79% because it's a, it's a smaller piece of paper that I'm drawing on. And, um, and then I take that and I double side the tape and I put it in on, you know, that individual side of the paper and I, I run off the copies. I put them in stacks. I put, 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 put them in my hands, staple, staple, fold, and it's done, you know? So, and I, I do have a great satisfaction that the image on the page that I drew is the same image that I ran, you know, that, that got printed. Because I've seen certain artists that, you know, they're using Photoshop and they're... I, I went... One time I went to a, a meeting of some artists and this guy was showing us how he can do, you know, this, this trick and that trick and... He basically, you know, pulled like a, a, a pose from one model and then he, you know, just went over it and it kind of just kind of made me sick, you know, like it didn't really right. feel like, felt like he was, I felt like he was appropriating something instead of drawing something and, and it's art. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not art. It's just not the art that I wish to make, you know, it's, uh, right. I'm not saying that I'm better. Um, I'm because I'm not, you know, and no, I'm, but you're you're you, and that's all you that's all you want to be. That's I just I'm yeah, and, and and I get a certain satisfaction just just fiddling with that page. I mean, it, it is that that old saying. It's just lines on paper. I mean, that's that really right. is, you know, figuratively. That's what it's all about. It's just putting some lines on some paper. Don't overthink it too much, and 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 have some fun, and hopefully you capture that magic, you get that thing, you know. And and the cool thing is, is uh, even in, in 95, and that's probably why that first Ocho book looks the way it did, you had to do things a certain way. Like, that's, you were told, you have to draw an 11 by 17. You you have to get these right. kind of pages. And you have to use a, a hunt snapping point and a, 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 a India ink, you know, a certain kind of India ink. And now it's just like, you can use whatever you want. And I don't think that there's, you know, as long as you can reproduce it, you know, as long as it's going to be able to reproduce, you can do whatever you want. I think that, that, that idea has been around for a long time because I know, um, uh, mouse, you know, was Spiegelman did that, you know, on typewriting paper for some of it, you know, all different, all different sizes of paper and all different kinds of paper. He was just using whatever he could use to get it done, and but you don't. He didn't hear those stories. You just kind of heard the stories of you have to do this, you have to do right. that, and 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 it like for something that's supposed to be freeing and and you know whatever like art is, it sure felt like there were a lot of rules. So I I pretty much avoided all that stuff from an from an early point. You know, I mean after the seventh issue I stopped drawing on that on the eleven by seventeen which I think in a way made the lines a little bit thicker and then you can't use Sharpies. Well I was using Sharpies, you know, for a lot of different things and I just thought that it was gonna be easier to master a Sharpie than it was that that uh hunts one oh two when you, you know, dip in the ink and you're you're trying to get that line and then it hits that, that little nodule in the paper and it you know, you get the ink all over, um, yeah. you know, so I don't know. I think it's just an evolution and I feel it, it's, it, it's, it's like Dave Sin has said, 
you know, everyone's got that thousand lousy drawings in them, and then once you get that thousand lousy drawings out, then you go to that that thousand thousand drawings that are kind of mediocre, and then you get that thousand drawings that are okay, and then that thousand that, and you know, we're getting somewhere. Keep going, and, and it just keeps evolving and evolving. And um, I think there's there's certain artists that. They might be able to skip a couple thousands, you know, but for me, you know, I, I had to work my way through. Right. If I remember his quote, I think he said, like, you got to do, like, 3,000 bad pages before you can actually do a comic. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to wait to do 3,000 pages that I don't publish. I'm going to start <laughs> I'm going to start publishing my first comic that, you know, like you know, like you did, but mine was a 98. I look right. back at it. Yeah, it definitely looks like somebody's first comic, but that's what it was. Yeah. But what I want to... Um, so your your comics, what I like about what you're doing with them, and, you know, I guess anyone who works in mini comics or a zine, yeah, like yours is completely handcrafted. Like he draws all the pages, he letters it on the page, he photocopies it himself, folding, stapling there on the kitchen table, whatever. I mean, yeah, so, like I'm holding this book in my hand, like, wow, it was folded by the actual artist of the book. That's kind of... Hmm. That, right. That's, I used to... Yeah. And, and I've, I've done been... mini... Go I've done a few mini comics early on in my career, but uh, like I told my friend Ted Seco, who was guest number two, I go, man, I don't miss not doing that, though, Ted. i got to be honest. It's great. You know, people like Ted does it. You do it, Eric. A lot of other people doing mini comics. And, it, you know, I'm not knocking it at all. It's great. But, yeah, I just got so – I just fell in love with the idea I can send my files off to a printer somewhere back east or wherever, and then, boom, they send me the comics in a couple of weeks. But um, it's a nice aesthetic, though, holding these – Little ultra, little speck of ultra comics here that right. that all kind of came off this guy's, you know. I always say kitchen table because it sounds more like oh, right there on the kitchen table. But um, <laughs> it's good stuff, man. I'm glad. I, I'm glad. I don't you're, think I've, I don't think I've ever drawn at the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what the studio's for, right? Pull yeah, right, right. Studio. But um, um, one of the things that I always hear and. And maybe not mine so much, but I, I usually sit next to my buddy Denny, and um, and I know that we he's has said this about his own materials, and I think other people have said it about our materials or our finished books, is that the it's art, it's art that obviously it's a comic book, but that we put it together and packaged it the way that we packaged it, that was art as well, you know, and so it's oh yeah, like, it is, you know. It, it, it definitely is, and I think it, I really do believe too. It's it's distinctive, you know. Again, it 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 puts it in a different bracket of what it looks like. Although a lot of times people will look at them and they'll pick it up and they'll flip it over and they can't they can't figure it because how is this a comic book? It's not sized like a comic book, you know. It's it's, it's right, you know. So and and I get that as well, but. Um, you know, for me, I and I, the other part is I think printing on demand has improved a lot, and I don't think I can do the numbers for like a big massive run of of books. But um, the profit margin is just so much better when you can you know go do a photocopied mini comic and sell it for a couple bucks, and of that right. couple bucks, you know, you might be making. A dollar seventy-five out of it, or a dollar fifty out of it. You know, you play your cards right, and you build connections, and you know, use your resources, and and you know, you know, someone that's got a photocopier, or someone that's you have a lease on a photocopier, 
I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I look at this as a, a, it has to be a business that, um, that is producing. I don't, I have never taken family money, you know, from my wife or my kids and said, well, you know, I got, I got this chance. I'm going to, I went out to San Diego Comic-Con. That was the first time I paid for a table in a long time. And that's, 500 bucks, I'd hate to have to go tell my wife, hey, I need 500 bucks because I got to go buy a table, um, you know. So th- fortunately, but doing it this way and doing it as long as I've done it and, and moving the number of books that I've moved and then taking that money and putting it back in that, that account, the business stays solvent, you know. It keeps me going because you can look at it and you say, yeah, I got enough money to have a mascot made or I have enough money. I can, right. I'm going to buy a button maker, you know, and, and that will be another product that I can have all this stuff. I mean, it, it's just, or, or your website or your more art supplies, you know, whatever it, it just, uh, I just want to make sure that it can be self. Um, it feeds itself, you know, it just takes care of itself and I don't have to really stress out about it or worry about it. I got, you know, I, I got it made in the shade. Right, right. As long as it keeps, yeah, you keep doing your work and getting that out there. Um, what, what if? Let me ask. What if? It, what if it slowed down? I mean, you know, the uh, I guess the returns. Like you know, you still put the same amount of work into your your comic. You put it out, and it's just say, say for some reason, you know, audiences are. I don't want to say dwindling. That sounds so like oh my god, your numbers are going. But you know, what if it starts getting tighter for you? Would it be times like okay, well, I'm not going to delve into the family funds. Maybe I, yeah. I should stop. Maybe I should yeah. stop doing it, or I always, I always kind of joke around that that Ocho is kind of. My mom played did uh, Sudoku, you know, the the number game, you know, that was like oh, yeah. one of the things that she liked to do. She's really good. She was an artist too, but her art was was numbers. She had her own accounting firm, and um, she did very well for that. And uh, so I always say that Ocho is my Sudoku, <laughs> you know, that I right. just do it. I kind of do it for me. And that all that other stuff is secondary. Um, you know, I'm getting a little bit older, and I know I'm younger than you. And I, I'm, but, but with with children and with the day job and yeah. with you know all the other yeah. stuff, it takes its toll. You know, you, you, it is it is harder to do all of this stuff. Um, I wish that I was you know as as hungry as I once was as far as hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this. I'm going to put out six books this year and. Because um, I right. just don't really, I don't feel like I have a lot left to prove, other than just having fun, telling good stories, um, with with you know improving art. Um, but uh, uh, I would I would do it anyway. You know, I would do it just to trade with my friends. Um, right. You know, even if the numbers weren't there, um, I've had some pretty good convention experiences. I've had some some this past year at San Diego. I mean, it it really, I it took it was it was an interesting show, and and I I feel like we did I did okay. I I had higher hopes, and I I probably shouldn't have had those higher hopes, um, but it did take a lot out of me, and it it pretty much told me, hey, you know, I'm gonna take this next year off from from all shows other than Phoenix, and um and and maybe get back into the mindset of, you know, not not doing something because you're chasing San Diego or this convention right. or that publisher or, hey, potential trade paperback collection. 
just do it for because you want to draw comics. Like that's what it should be about. And sometimes we get into something, and that is what it's about. But then you do it long enough, and then next thing you know, you're 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 paying an assistant's <laughs> salary, or you know you've got right. to you've got to you've got to produce for the bottom end to make sure everyone else gets fed. And it what was the point? You you know you drew that comic in your in your little tiny office by yourself, you know until one o'clock in the morning. It, it, none of right. those people were all around. Um, so. I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling I'm going to be doing this for a while. I, I like drawing Ocho. And it's funny, like, there's, there is a bit of a pendulum. It goes, you've got, you've got that, hey, people are really into this kind of stuff, you know, they're really into indie stuff and Kickstarter's firing and, and, then, and then the pendulum swings the other way and it's like, yeah, you know, we're only interested in, in Iron Fist on Netflix and, uh, right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 that's that's. It's not always going to be my time or Indy's time or you know whatever. It's it's it, it. There's times when it's really hot and like for you, you'll find out and the next year you start saying, "Hey, yeah, 20 years with El Marto." Uh, I mean, it, it probably will open a couple doors. There's not a lot of people that can say they did their own thing for 20 years. That's a pretty impressive number. But then the following year, like, and then people start knocking on your door to, hey, can we have an interview and can we do this? And, I mean, last last year I was turning those things away. Like, for what? What do I have to talk about? There's nothing to talk about. I'm just doing the same stuff. So right. uh, you, I, think, I think that you've got to, you know, there's a cadence. You know, there's a, there's a rhythm, you know, and you kind of, okay, this, this we're building up to this thing, and then bang, you know, it's, it's really – show them what we're doing, but then you can't just keep the throttle down all the time on, on this. You can't try to have the exposure because people will just look at you and say, what's wrong with that guy? He just constantly wants attention, you know, and and I don't, you know. I, I just want to be left alone and draw a comic. <laughs> right, right. But, you, I mean, you, but you're open, obviously, to doing interviews, and you haven't done it. But, like, even though last you were turning it down, that was more tied in with the convention and I, I felt like I had already interviewed I'd already done those things with those people. I didn't I didn't feel the need to to do another one, you know, like there's what else would I have to say? You know, nothing right, right. nothing changes that much over the course of a year. And it just it just feels like then you're you're just rolling through those motions again, you know, like just because well that's what you do. Well what if you don't want to do that, you know? So I mean I've I've been asked to do a couple other little things podcasts or whatever and uh, you know I, it's not always something that I that I do you know it's just um, sometimes I do them sometimes I don't I, I'm I'm I would consider you a good friend and and you want to do this thing hey I, I'll I'll do it you know I can I can definitely yeah, talk. thanks thank you <laughs> yeah no that's interesting because I'll admit I I don't turn um. I'm getting tons of offers every every week, but I, I very rarely turn down an interview or uh, you know or a chance to go talk. Um, so it's just a different approach. I mean, some of it's because I have different projects. I'm always I don't mean just comics, but I also teach comic workshops and I'm running that Latino Comics Expo. So for me, it's always like a chance to maybe I got to promote my classes. I can talk about the expo coming up, or I yeah. can talk about a, a different comic. Pro- where you have. 
it, it, we, we haven't talked about it much, but we should. One thing I want to point out, one thing I find interesting about you is we're talking to, you know, people listening here 20 years of doing comics, but now he's only doing, folks, he's only doing his Ocho comic. That's all he's done as far as comics. It's the only character he's focusing on. Um, now, do people ever ask you or other creators or, like, you know, why don't you do something else, you know? Do you ever get that or... I think that I've been I think I've been verbal enough and vocal enough that I I I you know I I don't I I think I've made it clear to everyone like I've said it enough that hey this is my one right. trick pony this is my love letter to comics this is my thank you letter to comics um you know I think I've said it so many times that not I really don't get asked too much about that um, right. We have talked, you know, you and I and, and Denny and a couple other guys, and, well, what's the price? Like, what would you sell for? What would you, what would you sell Ocho for? I wouldn't oh, yeah, sell yeah, Ocho yeah, for it. I wouldn't sell out. I wouldn't sell out unless I was uh, I was going to die. Like, I had been given a, a death notice. Like, you know, you're not going to be here. You're not going to be here next year. Um, and I didn't tell anyone. And my kids wanted absolutely nothing to do with any of this stuff. But I'd sell and give them the money, you know. But yeah, of course. But, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, if, if someone came knocking and said, hey, um, what we want to do, and and I didn't like that idea, I would be perfectly okay at this point to say, well, that's not that's not what I was hoping to do. You know, right, that's, right. Not what I, that's not what I want to do. You know, one thing, uh, like, um, Terry Moore, who did Strangers in Paradise, Paradise and uh, Echo, and, you know, done done a lot of different books now. But at one point, I think he was being courted by, um, you know, Hollywood in some sense or another, even if it was just for an option or the possibility. And he would right. flat out say, it's a comic. It's not It's not for a movie. It's, it's for a comic. You know, he's right. not, he didn't want to do that, you know. I don't know that I would be opposed to doing a movie, but I would, um, I would, I would, I certainly wouldn't just sell my soul and I wouldn't want a piece of crap either. You know, like I would want some kind of involvement and, and I don't even know, I, I, I don't even know that that realistically could happen. I mean, although I'm talking to you and you had, you had the movie made. So, I mean, I, I guess it, it, it could, I mean, if you push it hard enough, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, it, no, no, I've, I've talked about it. Like you said, I've talked about this a lot. I won't, I won't take up your time talking about it, but, um, the reason I did sign the contract with this producer and this director, oh, this is already oh, 10 years ago, I think now, but um, because, I, you know, we had met a lot, you know, previous, you know. That's one thing, that's one thing the nice thing is they, you get courted a lot, right? Hey, we're going right. to go out to dinner, let's talk. Hey, that's good. Like, I got a lot of good dinners out of it. But I came to a point where I felt comfortable really with the director because, I mean, the producer too, but the director is the artistic guy who's going to make the movie. Right. So I felt comfortable in the relationship I had with him as far as basically the trust. It's, I trusted, with, you know, his instincts. Not that he was going to copy my comic exactly, but he didn't actually. Um, he, you know, he, he wrote an original story based on my origin, but I just felt confident with him that I would have access to him throughout the whole time, and I did. I mean, I worked right. on the movie. I was the... So, yeah, like you said, it's if I didn't feel... I told him. I, I sat there was having lunch, and I told him blank, you know, point blank to their face. I go, guys, I'm going to go ahead with this. And I'll get my lawyer, get the contract. But the reason I'm doing it is because I do feel confident that I will be part of this, that you guys aren't going to disappear once I sign it. No, they never, they didn't. So 
it, you know, I was fortunate that it worked out that way. I just right. had a feel-up situation that went really, really good. But anyway, um, I don't want to turn this into the Almerto movie podcast. That'll come later. Um, <laughs> part, part of my 20th anniversary uh, self but I, podcast. I think, I think the thing is, is like then you then you go from that to like you know um, Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, and you know the the, the versions that they've done of this, and none of them have really been close to right. what it was supposed to be, you know, and and I think it like. You know they're going the it goes the wrong direction. You know they make it even worse than the than the previous one, and so you wouldn't want you just wouldn't want that to exist. You know you wouldn't want to put something out and then be like a joke. You Regret know? it. Like, right, I, right. Yeah, there's not a lot of money for for that. You know unless my family was in a position of we need and I, then I would take the I'd take the joke you know hook line and sinker they can make fun of me all they want as long as the family was taken care of but that's why I've had the day job for all these years too is so right that, you know I don't have to do those kind of things you know or the or the the, the fan art prints or the you know the, all that stuff I don't have to do that you know I'm I made my choices pretty clearly intentionally this is the blueprint this is the way I'm going to do it and um, and I feel like it worked out in my favor. I feel like I'm I'm good. And whatever became of a ultra cartoon or movie, whatever. I mean, those thirty something comic books don't change. You know, they're the way you made them. They'll always be that way. Right. Um, and that's the real ultra. Yeah. Yeah. Or any I, comic, I mean, you know. I think. Right, exactly. And I yeah, that's the real Fantastic Four, the real Captain America, the real you know, and even even the comics now, like if you said, Hey, you wanna read some Captain America comics, I would grab the Kirby ones. You know, I wouldn't grab whatever's out now. I'm not in yeah, right, right. disrespect to whatever's going on with I don't even know I don't really go to comic book stores that often anymore, you know. Right. So I don't and I'm I'm not really interested in, in corporate comics for that matter, you know, like, uh, I, I just don't, I, I, it's not my thing, you know, it, it, I, it was, it probably was my thing when I was a kid, and, and now my mind is maybe a little bit, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Spider-Man now, you know, he's got like a big right. glowing spider on his chest, I can't figure that out, I don't even want to figure <laughs> that out, you know. Yeah, I, I know. I don't I even know. want to touch that. A lot know, of scary so. things I see on the internet when on my feed, like, whoa, look at the new Spider-Man preview or whatever, but, um, <laughs> yeah, hey, we're busy making our own stuff, though, right? We're we're plenty busy creating our own work, you know, drawing, writing, getting out there and promoting it. So we're we're good. We're right. good. Um, let's see. We got we still got time. Uh, so basically, a- everything you want to do in comics, as far as a storyteller, you can do it through Ultra, You're, and that's what you've been doing, and that's what you'll continue to do. So that's. Yeah, like you, I, you know, every, every once in a while, yeah, every once in a while, I think I have some other characters, and I've I've put other characters in the Ocho stories, and I thought right. I could do this, I could do this, but then you would, then you kind of go into competition against yourself. You know, I guess there is a, an idea that well, um, you know, he can, you can either like this character or you can try this character. Some people like this character, they like this character. I just wouldn't want to have to give that spiel at a convention. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, um, I, it feels like you're going to competition with yourself. And, and because for me, 
with my busy life, I mean, it, it what I, I it's I'm, I'm better engineered to do Ocho. You know, I'm just better engineered to yeah. do that, to run ideas through that. You want to tell a mermaid story? Cool. Draw a mermaid. He, he meets a mermaid. You, you know, whatever it is, you know, I can, I can put them on other planets, right? There's, the, the idea of Ocho is really, you know, a, a very basic looking character. It's not, nothing uh, extreme. You know, a lot of using those words extreme, you know, like the, the, uh, the, the pouches and all the, all the stuff, you know, and, and uh, I would rather have a character that maybe is a little more complex as a character, not as a, piece of art. Does that make sense? Not just busy looking, yeah. Right. You know, I'd rather, instead of having him look busy looking, I would have, I would want him looking busy, like he's off doing stuff, you know, he's he's saving the world or or he's falling in love or, you know, these are real human emotions, you know, so, um, and that's, that's, you know, that's nothing against those artists that, that can do all that stuff because I'm, I'm amazed by it, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, Ocho just kind of works for me. It's it's very basic. You know, it is not a high concept. You know, high understanding. Um, it's it's probably something that kids could read, adults could read, and get some level of enjoyment out of it. You know, it's not too difficult. It's it's like okay, you, you know, like even we don't need to get to the origin. We just go with the story. You know, right. Now, how far do you have like an overall? Story arc, like you kind of know where Ocho quote unquote ends, or do you have do you yeah. have things planned out far ahead as far as like germs of ideas, or how do you? I think there's your... there's there's always forks in the road. There's more there's more forks in the road than there are straightaways, you know. So there's always these offshoots that this can happen and this can happen, and you know the things get left undone, you know things don't get figured out or this this person maybe they'll be back maybe they won't so i don't really at this point i always kind of say it it really writes itself i don't really have to think too much about it it's more kind of i don't you and i have talked and i've talked to several people people i don't i don't even thumbnail anymore i just draw the first page and that's the first page and then you know so i pencil that out and then what happens next and basically you just use those thumbnails it's not right. a piece of paper, and it just it just kind of tells itself. Self, you know, it just the story just tells itself, and I think that's really the the true magic of of what we do. Is whether you're doing thumbnails or not. I mean, it's it's it it just kind of evolves. It just kind of goes into this thing. I, as far as pacing, like I don't. I, some people start with their story where they know where the story has to end, and they work right. backwards. I don't. I don't ever do that. I don't know how. I got four more pages to go. I literally. I don't know what's gonna. Those are the last four pages of this issue. I don't know wow. what's gonna happen. I don't know. Who knows what's gonna happen? I haven't even. I'm, I'm not even penciled them. You know. Normally, I just pencil as much as I can pencil. Uh, write and pencil. You know, plot out as much as I can do until I just can't do it, and then. When I get to that lull, that's when I start inking. And then I hope by the time I'm inking and I'll be thinking and looking at these pages, I'll figure some kind of ending out. And it's a continuous <laughs> story. It's a continuous story anyway. So it doesn't really, you know, if it, if it doesn't, you don't have to 
you don't have to write it for a trade paperback. I, there's not currently any trade paperbacks that are in print, you know, so I don't have to think oh, I got to end this on a good note because we've got to get the trade paperback ready and then we've got to, you know, pitch it to these movie companies. I don't have to do that, right. you know. It's it's just, and, and I think I got that, I don't know where exactly I got that. I think I got that just from comics in general because most of us, you know, nowadays it's like they reprint or reboot or renumber with all these new number ones all the time. But when I was a kid, you know, you knew what Hulk 181 was. You knew what uh, uh, Spider-Man 300 was. And, and that was probably because when we got our books, we'd go to the 7-Eleven or, or whatever. This was even before I went to the comic book store. And you'd, you'd just get whatever was on the spinner rack, you know. It didn't. If you were missing an issue or missing a couple issues in that in that storyline or that 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 run, didn't really affect your the readability of it, you know. So right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what I'm doing. I mean, they, right now he's got a girlfriend that he's living with, and he's kind of doing some good deeds around town, and um, he's got a job, you know. Like it's kind of like. It's all these things that I've been saying it was going to be for all this time. It's basically, you know, a story of assimilation. You know, it's you take the, the minority, Ocho, he's the one big blue guy. And, well, we all have our basic needs. You know, we've got to have money and we've got to have shelter and we've got to have, you know, eventually we girlfriend or wife or whatever. And, um, you know, so these are all kind of, he's just living his life and I'm kind of, Telling the story of it, I guess. Well, it's very, it's, it's like it, it seems like a very low maintenance uh, comic, you know, just the way right. you're talking about it. Like, you bring out the new pages, work on them, you know, print it up, and then wait to get that's the next it. one. So that's kind of neat because I hear, you know, I talk to other artists, you know, we all talk to other artists, and or I see people for years, you know, online, and like, man, this person's ever going to do a book. And all these right, people like, wrangle right. up. All they do is wrangle publicly and on um, self doubts and but you know, again, it's you know, who are we to tell people to make a book? It's just so it's nice to hear someone that completely it just sounds like a a real low maintenance casual thing. It's a passion that you love doing, obviously. Right. But you don't seem to want to knock yourself in the head over it, which is kind of refreshing think, here to be honest. I think that 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 knocking the yourself in the head can do one of two things. It can make you not put out a book, or it could probably make you put out a really awesome book that would probably take <laughs> a lot longer. You know, I mean, you know, realistically, I some of the guys that I really enjoy, they they could disappear for a long time. And what are they doing? How did it take them that long to draw forty eight pages or whatever it was? But right, right. Um, I mean, they were laboring over this and I don't I don't regret begrudge them that at all you know I just don't I don't have that time and and um or discipline you know to to do something you know to that level um uh and I think you I think when you over when you overdo something I mean this is kind of the one of the reasons that I stopped doing the thumbnails is I felt like I could do a thumbnail and my posing would be better the first time in that thumbnail than it was the second time. I'm not one of those artists that I can look at something and I can draw it and make it look exactly how it looks, you know, that I right. see. You know, 
it's it's a it's a funny um it's a funny accident or happy accident because I'll be thinking I want to draw it this way, but it will come out a little tweak, <laughs> you know, because I'm not a right. master artist, you know, I, I haven't put in that amount of time even even after 20 years, I haven't put in that amount of time or that amount of studying, you know, or that amount of, you know, let's let's talk about this anatomy class or let's talk about right. this, you know, basics of art class. And I, I didn't really do any of those things. So I think in some regards that's a bad thing, but in some regards they're happy accidents, you know. that I, That's not the pose that I was really looking to do. But I like the way that this one turned out, and that was the best I could do, you know, at that time. So um, I, I do like print even, it and move on. That's the thing. Yeah, and you move yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the, and that's the and that's the um, Dave Sim. He has a quote about how he he was uh, being mentored by uh, Gene Day, and Dave Sim's you know drawing a hand and then erasing the hand. And, drawing the hand and erasing the hand and and yeah. and Gene Day says, What are you doing? What what's going on over here? And he says, I can't get this hand right. He looks at it, and he says, It's a Dave Sim hand. Get on to the next page. You know, and, and <laughs> you know, you get that you, you read these things as a very early artist or maybe not even an artist at all. And it's kinda like, Man, I would kinda like to, you know, go through some of that. You know, it just sounds like a climbing a mountain, you know, it sounds like a challenge. And um, so, yeah, I I feel like, I feel like it's just better to draw it, do the best you can with it. And if it's not that great, I mean, you can redo it. I redid the first issue of uh, Ocho, you know, whatever it was called back then. I redid it three times, you know, what did I get? None of those three issues do I want anyone to see. So who cares? I could have just done it with the first one and went on to the second one, you know. Maybe I'd be right. at 250 now. <laughs> but, you know, I just think you can't. I just think you just sometimes you just got to do it. And I don't know many artists that get a lot of satisfaction looking at material that they did, you know, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. They're like, oh, that's, that's, oh, this is brutal. You know, I'm I'm a better artist now. I guess we all kind of hope to be that, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, was, yeah, you're always going to evolve as an artist. You are going to get better. You're going to, you know, you're not going to make the same mistakes. Um, maybe you'll make other ones, like you said, but they ain't going to have the accident. Right, right. So I want to ask you before we uh, have to wrap up, um, you talked about Mike Magnola. I, I want to ask you about two two other heroes of yours, art heroes. And, it, you know, coincidentally, they're definitely on my, uh, my top list, too. So, let me ask you, uh, tell me about Uncle Frank. Um, I mean, I... Frank Miller, as I, you call him, Uncle Frank. Yeah, I, I call him Uncle Frank, and I do that out of respect or love or, um, you know, homage or... I just, I I love his spirit. Not not the spirit movie that he made, but I love, I love his... <laughs> right, no, I, I, I love his. I love his vibe. I love, you know... He is no holds barred. He will go after who, and it's in his heyday. I don't know. I mean, at one point he was pretty cutthroat towards Stan Lee. Now, you know, you see him and Stan Lee and they're the best of friends, you know, and they're, they're standing next to each other at a, at a signing or whatever. But yeah, I mean, this guy, 
this guy, um, when he was on, when he and I still feel like he's pretty on. Um, I mean, I just got so much from those books. I was never, um, I was always a Batman fan. So getting that Batman book was, you know, issue two. It's it's, it's the you know the big bulky Batman of yeah. Dark Knight Returns, you know, and um, that was that was the first real comic book that I bought at the comic book store and, and I was blown and away you were a kid. something about you were like yeah, a, yeah, you were that a was kid. A, yeah, yeah. And so, That's funny so to me. and and yeah. so, you know, I those sixteen those sixteen panel grids and the grim and grittiness of it. And then you go back and, you know, Daredevil and, you know, all all these books that he's done. I, I really Sin City. Uh, I, I mean, I started reading Sin City when it was serialized and Dark Horse Presents, you know? Right. And I was I was getting Dark Horse Presents because I loved Concrete and I think I think oh, one of them, you know, so I would I would just get Dark Horse Presents and hope that Concrete, there was a Concrete story in there or um, right. you know, so, but, but Frank, I, I just and and I I feel like he is he is not a pretty artist, you know. Like his his art is not necessarily pretty. It's it's right. a little it's a little rough. If he's inking it himself, you can see some of that. If if someone else is inking it, if if Klaus Jansen is inking it, then maybe it's a it, it's a little bit tighter, you know. But um, I liked. I just really liked Frank's the way that he wrote things, the the, the his art style. Um, I mean, I and and his and his spirit is the way that he carried himself. He was not afraid to stand up for a cause. Um, if it was Jack Kirby and let, give Jack his pages back, um, if it was whatever it was, he was there to fight. If it was censorship, if it if it whatever it was. He was he was there for it, and I I just really enjoyed I, I enjoy his 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 way. Yeah, you're right. It's his spirit. He does have a he definitely has a yeah. He's got his own code of honor, and he's definitely got you know definitely got a fighting spirit. So yeah, we always wish him the best, even now in yeah. his later years, and you know he's still working, doing his stuff. Um, well, another guy I want to ask you about, and I think Frank would agree, um, Steve Ditko. Mentioned below in my podcast. Well, what 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 can you share with us about Uncle Steve? <laughs> uh, Uncle Steve. I mean, I don't know what I call him, Uncle Steve or Grandpa Steve. I mean, I would. I mean, I don't. I don't think I would call him Sir. <laughs> I hope no, no, yeah, Steve, yeah. No, I just said Uncle Steve. I'm but, Uncle Steve referred but, to. But uh, but uh, you know, Steve Ditko. Um, I I I loved those early Spider-Man issues. I mean, like really love again. You're getting drawn in to nine panel grid stories and six panel grid stories, and um, uh, I read those stories, and, and those nine panels were super small because I'm reading them, and you know those those Marvel paperbacks, you know, like the oh my like god, the paperback the novels, books. yeah, the yes. book. yeah, that's those how I crazy got. To see. That's yeah. how I got all this stuff. That's how I got Jack Kirby. That's how I got Steve Ditko. They had the Spider-Man ones and they had the Doctor Strange ones, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I have a great affinity for those those uh, those two characters, Doctor Strange and 
The Amazing Spider-Man by Ditko. Um, uh, I mean, he, I guess one of the things that I really enjoy about him is that, again, he's another one. He is going to do things his way. He has every opportunity to cash out, to cash in, or however you want to say it, to, to really, he could, this guy could go to conventions and charge for autographs and do, you know, some things and and have a very nice, you know, chunk of money. He's the creator of, of Spider-Man, the creator of Doctor Strange. Uh, he's done a lot even after those characters. Um, you know, so, but he chooses not to, you know, because of his his wishes, you know, because he just doesn't want to do that. He is analytical. It's very difficult <laughs> Very, uh, have you have you written him? Have you corresponded with him at all? Yeah, yeah, I have uh, one or two Ditko letters as well. Yeah, and I know you. Yeah, I talked to you about well, you writing it's, them. And um, it's yeah, it's a challenge. It 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 really is a challenge to correspond with him. But I think he's in his mindset of. Oh, you, you know, know what though? Well, you know what though? To dispute everyone else that says he's a recluse, he, he does. You say it's a challenge, yeah. But you write him, and I've gotten responses. You've got he does write people back, and oh, even yeah, if he's telling yeah. them, "No, I'm not interested in your project." He thanks you and signs his name. Yep. And to me, that's not a recluse. That's just somebody who wants to be doesn't want to go whore himself out for every single project that's out there. But he's a private guy. But his address is still in the phone book in New York, and um, he just yeah, he just lives life on his own terms as an artist, as a person. And yeah, I admire the hell out of him especially the last 25 years where he's been basically self-publishing uh, right. with his uh, partner, Robin Snyder. So he, my, my friend Michael Ostriker says, yeah, he's, he's falling down to our level. He's self-publishing. The creator of Spider-Man, for God's sake. It's amazing. But I think, I think that way he can have a, a much more specific control where he kind of right. felt burned over things with Spider-Man. He felt burned with things with Doctor Strange. Um, and I feel like that's his, that's his way. And I've, I've heard stories that some, that he's, he gets money from Marvel, but then I've also heard stories that he's really not living in the best of conditions, you know? I mean, I'm sure that place where he's in in New York is, is not cheap, you know, but at the same time, he's, you know, he just sustains. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into speculation on I mean, someone told me, well, he probably has rent control, so. When he moved in twenty thirty, I mean, who knows? But I know right. I don't want to add to the Dicko speculation. Um, right. All I know is he's still producing new books. Him and Snyder have run, I think, fifteen Kickstarters. I actually wrote about it for uh, Dickomania right. a year or two ago. I mean, this, <laughs> I hope when I'm freaking in my eighties, I can run twelve or fifteen successful Kickstarters. Um, you know, obviously he's got a fan base. Uh, it's not yeah. huge. Oh, yeah. I know his fans have dwindled off, but. Uh, his, the, the fans who, you know, we still follow the stuff he does. It's personal stuff he does and his, you know, his characters he does and everything. But I just enjoy that he's doing new work and there's still little things in there. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't want to, again, I'm going to speculate on his hand-eye coordination, but it, obviously it's not the same art it was 10 years ago, 50 years ago. But he's still, the fact that he's still, his mind still has to have these ideas put on paper. So he does yeah. books and there's like, four or five stories in each book and 
you might get one or two, three books a year. I mean, that's that's great. That's yeah. the um, that desire. So yeah, it's, how can that how can it not inspire us who are trying to follow our own paths and our own dreams and doing our own thing, you know, off the grid like he does. So yeah, and he could he could definitely you know pretty much akin to Frank Miller. I mean, he could definitely do something like I mean, when they put out that that that. Superior Spider-Man cover, um, right? His other book, you know, he could do just like covers or, um, you know, like the variant cover. The Marvel would just write him checks. I'm sure it would be just fine. And he just kind of says no to that, or walks away from that, or certainly doesn't encourage that. You know, doesn't. Oh no, he's not interested in that. Yeah, yeah, he's not interested at all. So um, and doesn't try to use that. Um, I mean, he could just as easily put on these Kickstarters from the co-creator of Spider-Man or the creator of Spider-Man, if you want to get specific when you get into, you know, that right. diagram that he that he has done, you know. So, well, uh, right. visually, visually, he had to create that look. I mean, okay, Stan visually, wants a guy yeah. called Spider-Man. Okay, here he is. I mean, and, and it, you know, and it does, it bothers me when people say, and I'm not a Stan Lee basher or anything like that. I don't hate Stan Lee. But when they, you know, the creator of, but well, you know, let's talk about creator. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think, I think, you know, I mean, Stan Lee was in in integral part to Marvel Comics as a business, and I just think that those artists were an integral part to Marvel Comics as comic book medium and comic book lore. You know, so I think oh, yeah. it is different. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, Marvel would not be the Marvel that they are without Stan Lee, and, but they certainly wouldn't be without Steve Ditko and, and the visual, you know, and, and even the, not just the visual, but the, the, um, the, the, the creating the character. I mean, um, I, I, from what I understand, Steve, Steve says that he, it was Doctor Strange, he did that on his own. I think there's, there's accounts of, of that being yeah, said Yeah, Stan even said it. Stan even yeah, said it. Like, oh, yeah, he's got right. this new idea, so. Right. We'll so, but, um, hey, but you know what, though? The, the hell with the companies, like you say, what you're saying is right, you know, but you know what? Without Ditko and Kirby and Frank and so many others, I, you could probably say the same for yourself. I don't think I would be the artist. I am definitely today, not. A lot of definitely their so um, definitely not. They're, they're important to those companies, but in the bigger scheme of thing, I think they're so important to so many of us uh, creative uh, people nowadays. So I, I know that's to me that's the true uh, that's their true legacy. But right, you know, and I don't want to get all weepy eyed right now. But and yeah, and these characters are are definitely icons. You know, I mean, and 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 for me, I feel like I feel like that's. That's my homage with with Ocho. You know, I I didn't. I, yeah, I like Jack Kirby's Thor, and yeah, I, I like uh, Doctor Strange, and I like um, Tom McFarlane's Spawn, and I like you know Paul Chadwick's Concrete, Mike Mignola's Hellboy, and and down the line, you know, I I, yeah. I think I think you know a lot of people might look at those creations and those characters and those and those creators and say, um, yeah, I want to make a character like those. And I say, I want to make my own character that looks, you know, that's different than all these other guys as well, you know. So I feel like um, that's the that's the true homage is that 
that's what I got from those guys. They created all these cool characters and things and ideas, and I said, yeah, I guess the path has already been paved. I can All I have to do is kind of do what they did to an extent, you know. I mean, um, it, it, it will never be as big as, as those guys, you know. I mean, those 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 are my heroes, you know. Those are, those are the real deal, you know. So um, my hat's off to all those guys. And Kirby, I mean... Kirby, that's just a that's a whole other podcast altogether. <laughs> oh yeah, well I mean, actually, maybe he's just, uh, yeah, he's his uh, birthday's coming up this year. Maybe I should have like a little roundtable. But um, but anyway, Eric, you know what? Thank you so much. Um, I, I think I kept you over your hour, so I very much I really appreciate you coming on. I've been wanting to talk to you about Ultra and your work and all that. And um, like I said, uh, thanks for putting up for that week ago. Where everything went to hell with my internet, but uh, oh, that's all right. I think we took care of it tonight. We took care of it tonight. Sounds good. Thank you. I We're, appreciate no. it. It was a good, good talk, and uh, I will talk to you soon. And oh, and let people know. Let the listeners know. So they want to look up Eric Mangle. I mean, they can Google you, obviously. But uh, can you direct them anywhere to go? Ocho. I mean, if you if, if you just if you just type in Eric and Ocho, just type in those two words in any search engine, I think you'd find me. That's the easiest way to. To do it, there is a website, ochocomics.com, and I'm on Facebook. I don't even know what the – I do have an Ocho fan page, and then you can just find me on Facebook. I don't even know what the, what the address is. Um, it might be Ocho, at Ocho Comics. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's a, I, you can find it several different ways. Um, and, uh, I swear, you're, I swear you're, like, you're like barely two steps above Dickel as far as like, you know, ah, this Internet stuff. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not that it's not that uh, it's not that it's it's that. Although, I mean, you know, part of it is, is, you know, some people it feels like they they get into the business to do the business, and other people just do the business because they like that. You know, they like making the comics or whatever, and you know. So I don't really have like a big massive profile or. A, I need to update my website or I need to update my my Ocho. Com- you know, come on. Come on, on Facebook, it will say, come on, Eric, tell people more about Ocho Comics. We've got to post enough or something, and, right, uh, right. you know, on the fan page. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that when you're making comics, you kind of disappear for a while, and you you work at, at this craft, and you, you, you get that story going, and then when you are getting close to finish or you're finished, um, then you kind of peek your head out and say, oh, by the way, the book's out, and you, say, you know, or I'm trying to get this book done, we're almost there. Um, some people are better at it than, than others, and I think at one point I was probably a lot better at the selling of the Ocho books, but now I'm just trying to be better at the drawing the Ocho books. I think that should be that should be job number one, you know. Um, oh, nicely put. Yeah. Okay, so folks, Google Eric. So Eric Ocho, right? That'll take him. Not and Eric, the thing is, you find Eric if you Ocho. type in Eric Ocho, I'm pretty certain it will uh, two That's separate awesome. words. It will it will come out. You'll find me somewhere in there. <laughs> okay, and if that doesn't do it, do Eric Mangle Ocho. Yeah. But okay, great then. All right, Eric. Well, thanks so much. You have a good evening. Hey, you too. Thank you, Javi. Thank you. All right, bye. Right, bye bye. Good night. Wow, so good, folks. We got Eric Mengel, Ultra himself, on the show. So anyway, this uh, I don't know if the show went longer than it was supposed to, but I think if, to me it felt right because 
we got to talk to Eric and got to tell us what he wanted to tell us. So, everybody, thank you so much. This was episode three of Hobbyland. I'm Javier Hernandez, and I guess I'll see you at episode four. So take care, everybody. Bye-bye.